today's our inaugural episode, and we've been working on this pr- since pretty much before American Thanksgiving, and I specify American Thanksgiving because Canada, where Lyris is from, it has a different Thanksgiving about a month before, a little over, little less than a month and a half. So yeah, and that brings me to the point that we are in two different countries right now. Yep, same time zone, different countries. We got two out of three in the North America. We just apparently need a Mexico co-host. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> well, and I just realized just now that we both have V's from where we're from. So we're we're literally L from V and L from V. So I'm Larissa from Vancouver and you're Liz from Vegas. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> so our Mexican needs to be like Louise from like Vallarta or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or, or something with an L from Michoacan or something like a Mexican province. Yeah, yeah. Um, there we go. Yeah. So a little bit about us. I guess I'll start uh, start off. I'll try and keep it brief because I can talk for basically ever. Uh, my name is Liz Del Signore. I own an agency, a marketing agency here in Las Vegas, Nevada, the entertainment capital of the world, and fill in the blank capital of the world, whatever vice you want to put in there. And I've owned that for going on three years as of April 2021. This is March, so actually in a couple of weeks it'll be my business's birthday. And I've been oh, working on. Happy birthday for your agency list right april 5th so i've had the agency for three years almost and i've got about seven employees i started working in marketing oh god um five years ago ago. yeah about five years ago i started out doing just web design and then i went to work for who's now my competitor i'm not going to name the company because i want to do very bad things and run them out of town but <laughs> but I I worked for them and it was more the agency agency model and then after that I got sick of my boss and I started my own uh it's my agency's called Revolution Promotions R E B E L U T I O N promotions and no it's not named after the band because apparently there's a pop band or something that is named revolution and i never even knew about this band until i started promoting my business we know (laughs) you're a fan girl we know (laughs) (laughs) but that's i i i've played i've played sports my whole life but that's kind of besides the point as far as i am professionally and I focus on mostly the small, uh, some medium businesses around town and as well as the United States. I've worked with people in U.S., Canada, the Middle East, Australia, all, all over the world. I've had clients in four out of seven continents. But wow. and I, but that's kind of a little tiny bit about me. I've never really been politically correct and neither has Larissa. And we've been friends for a while, <laughs> and it was one day we were start. She was complaining about something at work, and then she was like, "Screw this, let's start a podcast." And I was like, "Yes, yes, yes." <laughs> so, so you want to give a little, little bit, bit about yourself? Yeah, a little bit about me. Uh, so I'm Larissa Cox from Vancouver, British Columbia. A little bit different from Vegas, so we are 
actually considered a rainforest up here, unlike the middle of the desert in Vegas. Uh, I guess we're known for having beautiful mountains. We're close to Whistler. Um, we actually are a bit of a tech hub. So because we're uh, kind of close to Silicon Valley, we have a lot of uh, companies coming up to Vancouver. Uh, so we have you know, Microsoft and Twitter, Facebook operating out of hubs in Vancouver. We're also known as Hollywood North. We have a lot of film industry up in Vancouver. Uh, so my background is in corporate marketing. So I work mostly with businesses doing in-house marketing, leading marketing teams. My professional career uh, started after I came home from my first master's um, and I didn't know what to do with my life. And at the time I had been doing some influencer blogging uh, in my kind of sector. I ride horses, so I had a big following in the equestrian space. So I decided to pursue that, got a job in marketing, specifically in digital marketing, social media, and then it just kind of spiraled from there. And why <clears throat> I say my first master's is because now I'm completing my master's of business administration at a great university on Vancouver Island called Royal Road. So that's pretty exciting, and maybe I can share some of my insights on this podcast at a future date. Um, but our different backgrounds, Liz, kind of inspired this first episode. So do you want to talk more about um, why we decided on this inaugural episode? Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to do the, you know, we have a bunch of ideas. Realistically, we came up with a list that could probably last us three years in the future. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. And because we got like about 40 different topics and we can bl- blab about any one of them for over an hour, but we won't go a whole, you know, more than an hour really too much because we both got lives and careers but so there's a difference between hiring me and hiring Larissa so when a, when someone hires me when someone hires an agency they're getting in, in a way like they're getting a whole marketing team and I, I feel like and we were discussing this and the end goal of well one of the, the main end goal of an agency is to have more of a project basis so if you want to think about it in terms of you go fishing, you having an agency is like throwing a net and hi- hiring someone in house is like casting a line where you have different end goals. But you we both serve the same purpose to some degree in that we both work in marketing. We're both trying to grow a business or multiple businesses in my case. And for in-house and corporate marketing, you're leading to your your main purpose is to generate leads for sales and then so that sales can close more new mm-hmm. business and i would also argue retain new current business because a lot of the time um your best customer 20% of your customers end up being like 80% of your revenue sometimes or a lot of the time even yeah i think you nailed that there so this episode, we really wanted to talk about the differences between agency work and in-house corporate marketing. Um, 
for anyone who is either wanting to go into marketing or potentially hiring a marketer, um, and we're going to talk about things from, you know, my perspective of what an in-house person can do, from Liz's perspective, what an agency can do, <clears throat> and what might be the right fit for you. And so, as Liz was saying, um, an in-house marketer has that kind of uh, very um, narrow but deep focus in your business. Like they completely understand your business because they're working there 40 hours a week. They're able to interact with a bunch of different teams and really have a niche understanding of your customer base and the capabilities of the company. And of course, because they're a full-time employee, their goal is to constantly be driving revenue rather than uh, finish their work once the specific project is done. That being said, there's often a lot of cases where in-house marketers and agencies can work together to get a specific job done. And in fact, um, I've actually hired Liz on a couple of occasions. Yeah, you have. <laughs> so um, there's no reason why you can't say uh, yes to both of us. So, um, Liz, why don't why don't you um, start us off and really kind of give us a deep dive in your opinion on the differences between uh, your daily routine and my daily routine? Okay, well, I'll tell it from my perspective uh, first, and then you can give uh, yours mm -hmm. and back and forth. But so my daily routine. <laughs> People are people. It seems, especially in since 2020, people have kind of hated Zoom or Microsoft Teams or just any excuse oh to have a virtual meeting. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on my mood and how much sleep I've got that day, I tend to have a lot of meetings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like my entire life as an agency owner is meetings, meetings. Oh, and did I mention more meetings? Because I've got to call people, I've got to call people a lot, and that ranges from prospects that I'm trying to get as clients, that goes to diff, uh, different clients and what they need. That's also dealing with my staff, because I mentioned I've got seven employees. That mm -hmm. it, it's any, and there's a lot of email communication as well. There's, I mean, basically it's calling and communication in general, project management sales and then I'm tr and as I grow my agency I'm actually trying to give more of these hats per se away like I've got a sales director and, and a sales admin so I, I'm giving that hat mostly away and I'm trying to focus right now to be more of an operations and project manager because I've got an assistant I've got a graphic designer that's in-house I've got a writer well that's that's another story um but <laughs> I, I had to I had to replace my former one. That's a whole other story. But I I'm I'm dealing with a lot of different things at once every day. And people and I I actually kind of hate it when people ask, well, what's your day like? Or you know, or don't don't you have like just a nine to five? And I'm like, well, my business hours are nine to five, but that doesn't mean I stay nine to five. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. And so it's different every day. Yeah. And I think, I think you know um, this about me, Liz, but I actually have a agency myself 
Um, of course, I don't do it full time. I have a business incorporated, so I can do some freelance work. Yeah. Um, but uh, so my main focus has been corporate marketing for the last ten years. But um, I've also had this incorporated freelance agency. And at one point, I think we were talking. At one point, I was up to about the same size as you while I was also working full-time, and I kind of had a shit-or-get-off-the-pot moment where it was like, do I keep my full-time job or do I go full-time into agency work? And I actually decided to close my agency down because I hated, like, all of the calls and meetings and having to deal, like, babysit employees, and I actually preferred... (laughs) corporate marketing where I could go home after 5 p.m. and crack open a beer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a hard life. Agency life is a hard grind. So cheers to you on that. It is. Um, I've always been a workaholic my whole life. Like, even even in school, like, I was staying up until 2 or 3 in the morning, either studying, doing homework, or... Um, and I'll, and having an active social life too. And I saw this meme recently, and I was like, "All right, you're a grown adult now. Pick three, and then the 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 op- there's like six different <laughs> options, and then one the the list is like an active an active sex life, a he- um a social yeah. a social schedule, um mental health, uh, and then there's like three other options, and I'm like, ooh man, I feel attacked by this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So on on my end, um, I would say, yeah, it's, it's uh, I feel like agency life is one of those things where it's involuntarily driving you forward. You know, I remember when I was doing my agency stuff, like I would literally hide under the blanket. So, you know, with my phone off, just so no one could get at me. Um <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there <laughs> yeah uh, I, I feel like that some days and it's like man just leave like man I go on vacation or I go out of town and like I went I went to Washington DC back in November for my birthday and I told my assistant who I hired probably like a week and a half before and it's like the best trial by fire ever it's like I am going away I don't want calls about anything work related I don't want text emails I don't want to deal with any of it I'm going on vacation I'm getting drunk and I'm having my birthday the proper way you handle it, it's it's my my agency is in your hands for for this week got it and he's like yes ma'am <laughs> yeah yeah I I remember I remember having something similar um when I was in Vegas actually uh, not not when I was meeting up with you, but I think a year or two before that, um, I went to Vegas and I hired someone the day before I left. And when they, um, I remember I got like an email like two days later, pretty much wanting to quit. And I basically was like, hey, you can quit or you can rise to the challenge. Which one is it going to be? And I kind of gave her this pep talk about agency life, and then she decided to stick with it, and she became one of my best employees. So yeah. sometimes you got a trial by fire, you know? Yeah, but I, I mean, guess, I, I, guess did, I did warn him, topic. like, pretty much the moment I hired him. I was like, look, I have to go. I'm going out of town for, like, a week and a week and a half. Do you think you can handle it? And he's like, 
Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing is, like, this person, he's my assistant, um, his name's Dustin, he has experience as, like, a project manager, and so I wasn't too worried about it to begin with. You know, like, yeah. if you can if you can manage projects, I think you're okay running something for a week. Um, so anyway, well, like... I, I, think, I think that might be a different topic for a different episode, though. We can talk about yeah. how we, like, kill our killer staff <laughs> yeah yeah but any anyway it's like uh so anyway, that brings us to like so, the next thing so is relations corporate, so, yeah um corporate marketing i'll tell you what what i do in my day so basically um unlike you that has to wear multiple hats um for me the the hats are mostly um i wear two hats mostly a a marketing hat where I'm doing the actual work and a managerial hat where I'm either directing employees or talking to um, executive teams and trying to get buy-in for my projects. Yeah. Now, I think this is a big difference between corporate and agency. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Liz, okay. I think while while you can recommend things to your um, clients, I'm assuming for the most part, they are coming to you with projects and they, they kind of more direct your workflow. Like, I want a website built or I want, uh, you know, an Instagram set up or something that they're coming to you with a project that already have a defined budget and a defined scope. Is that correct? Um, like, yes and no. So, like, they'll come to me, like, and they'll say, I want a website. You know, we go through the sales process of that. Um, but often it seems that they kind of take me at my at my word of suggestions because it it comes down to the fact they're hiring me and not I'm hiring them. So, so like, and, and, and on top of that, it's, uh, this goes in personal relationships too, but you got to set boundaries. Like you got to tell people like, okay, so you have to trust that I know what I'm doing at some point, because at the end of the day, you're paying me and I need to, I need to have, like you're saying the investment from your end, not just monetarily, but like personally, like, I need to know that you trust me. And since my business is pretty much referral-based, like, that, that's that's a lot easier in some ways because it, it, word of mouth is free and word of mouth is probably the strongest. Like, I mean, sure, you can run Facebook ads. You can do all this other nonsense. What's funny is, like, I'm an agency that doesn't advertise. I get all my all my business through referrals. And it's kind of like ironic that I don't advertise and I'm in marketing, but at the same time, it's like, I've got enough of a reputation that I don't need to. So, so it's kind of like a mix of both things, but yeah, normally it's, I'm taking on projects, but at the same time, it's like, I need to know who they are as a person, not just as a business, because I've seen, I've heard too many stories of clients and even people I haven't done business with that, you know, were, may, may or may not transact in the future. Like, oh, well, I tried to work with an agency or a developer or what have you before, and they just kind of disappeared. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, you had that experience. And, yeah. you know, that's all you can really do in that case is, like, apologize. But at the same time, you've got to prove yourself that you're not like that. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of um, 
brings me to a point about corporate marketing in the interview process where you're kind of sussing each other out um, in the interview process. But um, what I was, uh, the point that I was trying to make about um, kind of my daily routine is a lot of these corporate projects um, are originating from me or my team. So people um, in the corporate world, while they might come to the marketing department with an, a specific project or an idea that they want executed, like let's say some executive um, has decided that they wanted to have a new website, a lot of the ideation for what marketing is and what marketing will be in that specific company comes from um, like the minds of the marketing department. So um, actually wanting to build uh, a new website or specific campaigns online and things like that come from that uh, drive that you identified previously, Liz, about needing to generate leads and pass them over to sales. So, you know, marketing is looking at the the market, you know, the outside scope, looking at consumers, assessing their needs, looking at competitors, um, and trying to figure out how to differentiate themselves in the market, I guess, as do you with your agency. Um, but we're, we're always looking and saying, like, oh, okay, um, you know, it really looks like this specific issue of let's say security is causing problems in in the market and some of our competitors have like iffy security measures that we can capitalize on we're going to have like a whole webinar on security and we're going to have a landing page and all this stuff or write an ebook on security and we're going to try to get um experts in to contribute and that's where I might actually come at that point and hire someone like you to execute on that webinar or the ebook or whatever and say to you like hey Liz this is the idea here's the project brief can you execute it for me um, so I think I think that's um, kind of a, a key difference between agency and corporate is that um, corporate life, we are driven by our goal to generate sales, uh, whereas I think that agency life is more driven by the need to um, like complete uh, effective projects for, for the client. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so speaking of clients, like how about how we talk to each other, uh, you know, in the workplace and clients and how you talk to your boss, like just oh, totally, the social aspect. Totally. So yeah. you, you can, you can go, you can go first since you seem to be a little bit on soapbox. Oh, oh, I am. And you've heard me about this before. Um, for me in the corporate world is all about really keeping tight relations with the people that hold the purse strings. And while I might be 
in charge of a specific budget. Um, first off, I usually have to fight for corporate budget. So, um, like, you know, getting, let's say, a 20% increase year over year in my budget, which is, could be, like, astronomical, um, depending on the growth stage of the company, you know. So I could have more more money to spend on agencies like you. Um, you know, fighting for budget, fighting for um, for spend and for for resources as well. Like, let's say I need um, some resources from the development team in order to build a specific or AV equipment, like we were talking about recently. Oh, oh my gosh, yes, or AV equipment. You know, that's a, another point. If we want to put a pin in that and circle back to that. But how we talk to people, so there's like a handful of people that I need to keep happy um, at any one time. So that's like my boss and their bosses, depending on how big the company is, like if it's a, you know, a Fortune 500 company that I'm working in, um, you know, there's kind of a string of management that I might need to kind of keep, keep my eyes on, as well as like indirect managers, like for example, if I do need IT support, it's probably beneficial for me to keep the IT manager on my good side. But you're seeing these people day in, day out, right? So you don't, you can't really afford to um, get into fights with these people. And if you do, I have had lots of experience where it can go extremely negatively to the point where as soon as you have start having really bad relationships with people in the company, like it's time for you to go. And so that's the thing is that you always yeah, have to you like a target sure. on your back. Oh, oh, a hundred percent. And and the thing is, is that um, it's not even just having a target on your back, but it's like, if you're, if you're not able to perform your job because everyone like around so much you, tension too. Oh yeah. And it's, you you cease to be useful at that point just because no one wants to work with you. You're fighting with everyone all day. Um, none of your projects are are getting greenlit. Like it's it's just a mess. So in corporate life, keeping everyone happy and kind of biting your tongue and taking your wins is a really valuable skill. And also the other thing too is. Um, you want to keep the people that you work with on your team, your your employees, happy as well. And you don't want to have a lot of turnover on on your team. And I, I guess that's actually a similarity with agency life where you yeah, don't want yeah. to have a lot of turnover. Um, but basically, you just you want to keep the people below you happy. You want to keep the people above you happy. Yeah. And and that's that's the thing is. Um, where sometimes you do have to just kind of go to work and plaster a smile. And there's, there's some peers that you can have where you can be, you know, bitching out back. But yeah. um, for the most part, um, you really want to focus because, because there's so much riding on your, like I said, those purse strings and the budget that you have in order to do yeah. your job and fighting yeah. for that. Like you, yeah. you have to be smiling, you have to be nice. And you know, even if you think, you know, your boss 
is an idiot, as is the name of this this uh, podcast, um, you know, and not your boss's marketing. Sometimes yeah. you just have to have to plaster on a smile just so that you can get that win and do that specific marketing project yeah. Yeah. that you wanted. Yeah, whereas an agency, I I have no problem firing a client if they're uh, if they're toxic. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't like firing anybody. I don't like firing employees. I don't like firing clients. I mean, I've only had to fire really a couple in three years, and um, I would say that's a pretty good you know retention rate. I try to keep my people as happy as possible because I've said for years, and I'll say it until my dying breath, like people don't quit jobs; they quit bosses. Because Absolutely. really, like, you can have the best job in the world and you love your job and then your boss is a twat and you're like, yeah. I can't stand this person. And that's probably that's that's like the reason I became a business owner, you know, f- uh, five years ago. That's the reason a lot of people become business owners. Some of them, you know, you know some of it is, you know, you, you want your own schedule. You, work, you know, you pick which 16 hours a day you work. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh but like you know there's a lot of different factors but i i like that i have the ability to fire people if i need to but i don't like it like actually doing it because i don't i don't think anyone actually likes firing people or giving bad news like inherently i mean especially if they're not a complete narcissist or something like that but like yeah, it, it's not it's not really ever fun but at the same time it especially like when you're in the agency it's you've got to take your own mental health and sanity into account because because I've had it happen before. It was actually just at the beginning of 2020. I got this client and I was supposed to just be, you know, I quoted her like 500 bucks because it was just like, you know, there was supposed to just be a few changes on a website and I was and I was going to wash my hands of it. So I quoted 10 hours, 50 an hour. So I did 500 bucks and, you know, it should be no problem, whatever. Well, she ended up like saying like they they ended up claiming that I wasn't doing anything or I was doing something wrong and it was like, well, everything was correct by the time I was done with you know done with something for the day and then somehow overnight, I don't know if they were sabotaging me and changing things, but or if it was like a server thing, I still don't know to this day. Like, but mm-hmm. every time, every, like the next day they say, oh, well, you didn't do this. And I'm like, I literally just did this yesterday, though. It was fine by the time, you know, I, you know, I, yeah. I, I was done for the day. And I, and eventually I just was like, this isn't working out. Like we, like, I, I can't have you as a client. Like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do my best here. You're, you're not giving me the credit that I need that I am duly owed here. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it's wise for us to. Remain in business together. You know, this is not necessarily like a personal attack. Like I have nothing against you as people, but at the same time, this is not a beneficial relationship on both ends. And mm-hmm. so I had to fire him. And like three days later, I got a fifteen hundred dollar client that wow. he he literally was just like, you know, I quoted him the price, and he was like, okay, where do I sign? And I and I mean, it's just like you fire a terrible client to get one like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that brings me to the point about uh, what we were talking about before, Um, you know, picking and choosing the people that you work with. And I've been at a lot of companies and it is definitely one of those things where, you know, it's really crucial to 
in the interview process, interview the company as well. And I've made mistakes where I've just been so eager to have a job that I'll take anything. And I didn't watch for the red flags. And it really ended up fucking me over in the long run because those are the jobs where it's exactly like that, where you have an insane amount of pressure there's unrealistic targets that they didn't discuss with you in the beginning. Um, they fault you for all of the work, you know, all of all of the negatives. And unfortunately, that's one really bad thing, again, that you hit on, is that with corporate marketing, you basically have one chance to vet that person is in the interview process, but after you sign on, like all of your work eggs are in that one basket where 100%, you know, or a very significant amount of your income is from that one source. So, you know, the amount that you tolerate before you end up leaving the company is extremely high, uh, whereas the agency life you know, where if you have like, you know, a bad apple, you can just get rid of that bad apple and you're not relying on them for your complete source of revenue, which, you know, is it actually a huge relief. And yeah, maybe that work um, balances out working for the um, 16 hours because you can have the freedom and flexibility to choose exactly who you work with. Yeah. Um, so speaking of who you work with, like, so I, we've, we've covered like a lot of, you know, similarities and differences, but I think we can both agree on experience matters. <laughs> um, you get, you get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is, is, you know, at the end of the day, um, I feel like, you know, that, that brings me to, you know, how, how similar, um, you know, an in-house marketer with an agency and, you know, one of the main similarities is if you're hiring someone with a lot of expertise, whether it be in-house or an agency, you are getting what you pay for. And if you hire someone to run your in-house marketing department, as an intern right out of school, you're probably not going to have someone that knows what they're doing, isn't competent. Same with an agency. If you have an agency without a lot of reviews, without a lot of knowledge, um, you know, that's, that's kind of on you. You know, if you're, if you're getting a website done for a hundred bucks, like maybe, maybe it won't be the best website. Um, oh my um, God, that 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 brings me to a story actually. Um, well, she's now a former friend of mine because she got mad at me because I called her uh, her fiance a dumbass, really. But he was well, well, okay. So he added me on Facebook, right? And then she yeah. was like, well, he he does the same thing as you, but he, you know, he's more recently into it. So I start talking to this guy, and I'm like. Hey, you know, hey, and you know, how are you, and all all this getting to know him a little bit. I'm like, so how long have you had your agency? And this was a couple of months ago. 
um, now. And then he's like, oh, I started in November. I'm like, oh, congratulations. You know, like it's hard and I get the grind and almost three years later, it's still a grind, but it's different kind of grind necessarily. And so I start asking questions like, well, what problems are you having? And then because, you know, the pandemic has hit a lot of people, but in my experience, it's been more profitable to me than probably any other time period because I think people are realizing because I have a digital marketing agency that, oh, maybe I should actually start promoting myself online now. Maybe this is actually a thing. But anyway, he's like, I'm like, well, what are you struggling with? And he's like, well, I'm struggling trying to get clients. And I'm like, what are you charging for a basic website? And he's like, $500. And I'm like, raise that shit. And he's like, yeah. he's like, but I'm desperate. And I'm like, yeah, and it shows, raise it. And he, yeah. And so I was telling him, like, you know, I've gone from, you know, uh, a few hundred, a few hundred, why well, I say a few hundred, I mean, like 750 used to be my minimum. And then now I'm at 2,500 and huh. minimum. And he was like, oh, my God, if I charge like 2,500 for a website, that would be like, you know, life changing. And I'll, because and I'm like, well, here's the thing, bro, is like you've got to you got to sell value, not cost. Um, and I, you know, I had a problem with that, uh, maybe like a year and a half ago too, but then I got a mentor and he's, you know, he started pounding some sense into my head and he's like, Liz, no one cares about the price. They care about the value. What are you providing them? That's going to make their life so much easier. And why are you going after their particular persona, their buyer persona? And I was like, wow, shit, that changed, you know, like that kind of gave me the mental shift. So I was telling him and I was like, dude, this is not anything that I have not lived through myself. Like I'm telling you my experience, what my mentor pounded into my brain and you know, it's, it's not a comfortable shift, like by any means, like just doubling or sometimes tripling your price. Like that is scary. But at the same time, like it, it has been more profitable and it's like the, it's weird almost like each time I've raised my price, I've got more clients. And I think it's because you show more value. Like as the agency grows, you start adding people, then you have more costs. So, you know, my mm-hmm. cost now might not even be suitable in like a year or two years because maybe I've got 20 staff. So you've yeah. got to give value before you give price because people pay for value by definition, cost is what you pay. Value is what it's worth to the customer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, on that note, like as a corporate marketer, that is like one of the main things that I'm trying to establish for the products and services that I'm marketing. And I actually argue with sales teams all the time when they're trying to close. I keep on you know, chasing after them and yelling at them to not not cut uh, their the prices of our product and instead let me help them with um, you know showing them value. And I'm constantly working with sales teams for value based selling and putting together slide decks and and things like that. And on the another note, um, it was interesting period. Uh, I had a a comment from a friend of mine um, earlier in my career. I was um, looking for coordinator positions, and I really didn't like the salary bands that coordinators were in, and as well as like the um, the type of responsibilities and work 
that coordinators had, and I felt like um, I wanted more, but I didn't know if I were necessarily qualified. And um, he told me, I guess from his, you know, uh, straight white male perspective, um, hey, just if you want to manage your position, just call yourself a manager and start applying for managerial positions. <laughs> and I was like, I'll do it, <laughs> you know, to hell with um, my own personal thinking of, you know, if I'm not good enough, I'm just going to rise to the occasion. And pretty much a week later, I got hired for a managerial position. And, you know, that specific job was one of the best jobs I've ever had. And, you know, I'm, you know, in my career is basically some of the best advice is, you know, just keep rising to the occasion, like whatever, whatever job you want to have, just go for it. You know, whether you, you think you are qualified enough or you trust yourself enough, just be like, you know what, I'm going to take it and I'm going to, I'm going to kick ass at that. And I'm just going to rise to that occasion. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing, you know, you were talking about raising your prices, like whether or not you think you can build that, you know, $2,500 website, or you personally think you're like, Oh, I don't, I don't think I'm good enough or whatever. You know what? It's like, just put yourself out there and just give it your all and just be like, Hey, this is, this is the value that I, I can bring to you and I, and just try to outperform. And I think, I think the revenue will come when, when you have that attitude where you're just like, you know what, I'm just going to jump in. I'm going to call myself a winner and I'm going to be a winner. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think especially that's true for us as women. Like, yeah. I think we don't have the luxury to fail. You know, like, we have to be out there. We have to be, like, kicking ass, taking names every single day. And I think, you know, both of us are definitely a testament to that. And I think that's for, you know, any other marketer or anyone, uh, any female in business, you know. Um, you know, just go after it and just like just leap yeah, <laughs> yeah. like imposter is, syndrome gets the best of us but at the same time it's like just go uh, yeah. like don't just let go. it stop you um yeah so here here's here's another question so as a business owner which one should you choose oh man and that's the thing though is like you can't really go wrong with either but i think you know uh, I think it really depends on what you're looking for and what stage of a business you're in. Like in my perspective, um, if you're just starting out, um, maybe hiring an in-house marketer uh, isn't the first hire and you can probably get away with um, having uh, outsourced marketing for you know, while you're, while you're growing and starting. And I, I know that that might seem like a weird thing for me as a corporate marketer to say, you know, like, Oh, your second hire, <laughs> it should be you. And then marketing. But I actually think that that um, isn't that great because uh, circling back onto an earlier point you made about 
you know, me having to beg for audiovisual equipment from my employer. As a corporate marketer, when I get hired, um, I, like, it's just me. It's just me coming in. <laughs> like, that's it. No equipment, no team. It's me and my skills. And I come in and, my, and I'm going to say, hey, where's my computer? Where's my team? Where's my equipment? Where's my budget? And the employer needs to provide all of that to me and then I'll use it. Whereas if, you know, you're an agency, you know, as you were saying, you have all of that equipment, you have all of that team, you have all of that infrastructure behind you. Uh, whereas me as a corporate marketer, I'm reliant on the company. So if I'm one of the first hires for a new startup, they just can't really afford to give me all of the things that would make me um, as, as optimal as I could. You know, if I'm just there, you know, twiddling my thumbs without a computer, without a team, without any budget, the value that I'm bringing is not that great. <laughs> Whereas you can probably give a startup a lot more bang for their buck just because you have all of that infrastructure. So I think there's a break-even point at when a person would want to have someone work for them in-house yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I think a lot of it, has, like it starts off with the pay structure. Like, look, mm -hmm. I'm not going to complain as an agency if you're paying me like five grand a month. I'm just pulling a number out of my ass here. But yeah. like at the same time, like, OK, so in the U.S., like your average, like entry level, like new marketing manager, you're looking at like 50K a year. So like, wait a yeah. minute. If you're paying 60k a year to me as an agency, which again I'm not going to complain, but at the yeah. same time, if you can hire an in-house marketer for 50k, you can save yourself 10k and just hire an employee. But absolutely. At the same time, it's also well, it's also the time commitment. Like if you're paying mm -hmm. me five grand a month, 60k a year, like how much work am I doing? I might as well just be your entire marketing department. Yeah. And in a way, yeah. like it's like having an employee, but instead of giving me a W two, you give me a 1099 because I don't work for you, like in house. Yeah, yeah. So and like the there's the cost mostly, is, but then it's the work scope. Yeah, and the other thing to remember is back, you know, to the point about you know, that wide net versus that deep line. And it's like at that point, um, you know, if you're hiring some an agency and paying them, you know, like that five, 10 grand a month or whatever, um, they probably still have other clients besides you. Like they're probably not unless there's something with your contract, but they're probably not exclusively servicing your business. Uh, and they still are probably dispersing the work amongst their own staff. And uh, they still might not be really focusing all of their attention on you and your company. And I think that's where it might be more beneficial to hire an in-house person because an in-house person is going to be focusing on your business, having like that complete understanding of, you know, uh, the market sector that you're in, who the staff are, like getting to know all the other people in the company, that sort of thing. And so you can be, you know, pretty, eh, I was going to say, 
you can be pretty assured that they're going to not be um, dealing with other other people. So while I have a freelance agency, at certain points in my career, I've actually had to shut it down uh, because the contracts that I've been under for corporate marketing actually have an exclusivity clause where I'm not allowed to work yeah, with non-compete. Yeah. And, um, and that includes not just other companies that could be a competitor that includes like any freelance. So if I were to take on other work, I would actually have to get specific, um, permission. And I remember I was doing some consulting work and one time I, uh, joined this company with an exclusivity clause and I actually had to get permission to keep doing that consulting work in the contract when I joined. Uh, but beyond that, like I wouldn't be able to take any freelance work. Um, so that's, that's a thing. Also, you know, if it is important for you that that person be on call or, um, you know, exclusive to you and your company, like you do have those type of contracts where you can say like, Hey, you know, this is, this is your job, your sole focus. I don't want you focusing on anyone else. Whereas with an agency, it's a bit harder to be getting those sort of contracts. I'm sure they exist, but it's just like not really how an agency works. And like you said, if, if you're going to be, you might as well put a ring on it at that point. If if you're if you're going to be having uh, one of those like non-compete exclusive contracts and you're paying an agency that much, it's like might might as well bring them in house, you know. Unless you yeah, and at the same time, at the same time, there's a tiny little bit of crossover in that like if someone's never hired a marketing person before, it's like, do you mm-hmm. want me to help you interview them so I can ask the right questions? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I've actually been in interviews like that where there have been um where it's like a new position, let's say again it's they're kind of getting onto that break even point, um, or maybe it was someone else in the company, let's say like the product owner was doing marketing and they were hiring a brand new marketer. I've been in those interviews where it was their marketing agency and they're sitting in on the interview and I think that that's perfectly reasonable and in fact I prefer it because I'm dealing with someone who knows marketing so if I'm you know throwing out names of like marketing automation software or you know they'll know what I'm talking about whereas you know the product owner might be like HubSpot like what is Microsoft 365? Yeah, like, what's going on? You know, Trello? What? <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I feel like, um, you know, but it, it, it just, it really, it really depends on what the, the needs are. And like I said before, there's no reason why you can't have both um an agency and in-house for me if i'm being hired as a sole you know marketeer if you will in a company i am often um outsourcing work to agencies and in fact i would say 
that that's the only way that I can get work done as a sole person in charge of marketing, where my job as an in-house person is to create the marketing calendar, make sure that the things are going, you know, along a specific timeline, but the, you know, the tactical application of all the work I'm outsourcing to agencies 100% just because there's no way that a single person can get all of that done. So, I mean, at any one point, I might be hiring, you know, a team for, for video production, for graphic design, another team for, you know, managing my Google AdWords, another team for my website development, uh, you know, and social media development. So I might I might be having, you know, I might be the sole in-house marketer, but I might be having like four or five um, freelancers or agencies on call at any one particular time to work with to execute on these strategies. So there's there's definitely um, overlap and uh, places where you can utilize both in-house and and agency. Um. So, like, I think I think the point like that we're trying to make in an hour. Uh, and we can, as I said, we can go for much longer. We could go for hours on this, especially if there's alcohol <laughs> involved. But yeah, <laughs> but it really, it comes down to the point that you need to, you as a business owner, or you as someone getting into marketing or trying to find your place within marketing, wherever you are in the business world, you need to figure out like what is in it for you because mm-hmm. you need to know first what you want before you can progress because let's Larissa and I will tell you like doesn't matter if you hire in-house or agency like if you don't know what you want we're both going to be frustrated oh totally totally and I think you know that's one of the worst things that you can do to any marketer is be very wishy-washy and indecisive um, yeah and be like I don't know, but just make it pop. <laughs> right. Yeah. The other thing is crippling budget. Like, you know, you're talking about raising your prices. It's the same thing for, you know, that whole get what you pay for. Um, if you if you want something, you have to pay for it. So, you know, know what you want and be willing, be willing to put the money where your mouth is. Correct. I think that's you know, like that's a golden rule for for any sort of marketing is is like you have to you have to actually be willing to to pay for it. And if you if you honestly can't afford it, um, I think the best thing to do, uh, and you know, for both of us, is to literally say like, hey, like I can't afford you what can I do? Yeah, <laughs> I no, there's, there's literally no shame in that. I've had so many people actually, you know, I've had more like not transact than they do transact, but at the same time, it's like, you got to be honest. Like if you like, even if I'm making my best effort to negotiate and even put you on a payment plan, which I haven't really done until probably mm-hmm. recently, but that's because it's like, I'm only, I'm doing it because I know you're not going to be a pain in my rear. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. 
if you're a reasonable person and you need a little bit of help, like maybe instead of doing like a 50-50 split where like I do a 50% deposit, 50% upon completion, if I break it up into like four months kind of thing, then that's perfectly okay if you're a reasonable person. But if you're just going to be a pain in my, my ass, then it's like, no, I think I'm going to have to decline doing business with you because it's like the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. And, at the, and you know, I you correct me if I'm wrong, but even yeah. in corporate, you're like, well, I mean, I like the money, but at the same time, money doesn't buy happiness. And Absolutely. if someone's just sucking you dry, like your employer is sucking you dry, you no longer have a yeah. soul left. You no longer like you're going into crippling depression almost because I've had it happen with like yeah. with the company I used to work for before I started this agency. I was getting depressed, like crippling depression. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, I've, I've quit jobs where I was making, you know, significant bank and yeah, you're right. Like money, money isn't everything, but, um, what money does do is, you know, allows you room to breathe for those specific projects. And, um, what I was going to say about, uh, like if you can't afford certain things, like for example, me, in corporate marketing, one of the things that, you know, I, I do keep my agency open for is those consulting gigs. And a lot of times, you know, people might come to me and say, you know, hey, Larissa, like, I would love to hire you as, uh, you know, an in-house marketer. I just can't afford you. But one of the things that I can say to them is, hey, I have an agency where I do consulting work out of. I can, you can afford me for, let's say, five hours a week, and I will consult with you, and you can afford to hire a more junior person, which is what's happened to me in the past. They hired a more junior person, brought me on as a marketing consultant, and I was mentoring that junior person for their marketing strategy, and that's something that I can do. Um, So, and I'm, you know, one of the things I was thinking of for, like a, a web page is if they can't afford a web page, maybe they can afford a landing page, you know? And there, I think in both respects, I think it just like brings, you know, like just don't be an asshole, you know, yeah. just communicate, be nice, be nice. Be honest. Everyone. Be honest. And, um, you know, just, um, you know, respect your marketers. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so i i think i think that's a wrap because i do have another call actually in like three minutes <laughs> because oh, yeah, how i said i am always on the damn phone trying to call me too yeah so we yeah. both got to scram both got to get on with our lives but to all of the listeners hopefully you found that uh entertaining and educational um hopefully we'll be back uh liz i believe we have a schedule of once a month Yes, once once a month. Okay, so get ready for more badass marketing tips. Uh, every month, watch for our website while we'll put up our, our schedule and kind of sneak peeks. Don't forget to follow us on social where we will be marketing our marketing. Yeah. Um, uh, face- Facebook, tuned. Instagram, and Twitter, not your boss, MKTG, for all mm-hmm. of those handles and notyourbossmarketing.com and we will see you next month to throw down and give more sage advice.